is The Morning Drive on FM 96.3 and AM 620. News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody, on this hump day Wednesday. Kurt and Anthony here, and... uh, the AM signal's back up and running after the storm, and everything's good. And we have joining us in studio now, it's Gerald Malloy. He is has just announced just recently that he is running for the United States Senate this year in 2024. Good morning, Gerald. Good morning, Kurt. Good morning, Anthony. Great to see you guys again, and uh, yeah. Happy New Year to all the listeners and all Vermonters. It, um, thanks for having me on. You betcha. There you go. And and I assume you had good holidays and you you uh, you smartly made the trip up last night so you didn't get stuck in the Yes, bad- I, I did. I came up last night and had a meeting last night and I got some things to do in South Burlington today. So, uh, yeah, I was fortunate to come up. And the holidays were very nice. Got to spend time. I, I was just telling you, I uh, was able to get the whole family together. I got four in college and one in, in high school now, but we all got together for, for, for Christmas um, and New Year's and that's, that's great. Nice. Yeah, it's very nice to get everybody. You know, yeah. when the kids start Tough going in different. I know it is. Yeah, I. You know, we've got two uh, uh, just out of college and one uh, senior in in high school, and oh, so nice. to get all to get everybody together is enough. It's a big feat. So yeah. that's great. So Gerald, uh, you made the decision to run. You ran two years ago against Peter Welch. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine you were not happy with that result uh what, what was the percentage you got 27 or 28 percent i think it was in the low 30s but um I, I think i've seen some different numbers actually but yeah i think i got about eighty-two thousand votes and uh you're right uh the, the result not happy with that obviously but uh you know i was just you know kurt i was just telling you um i've come quite a far away and uh when i made my announcement on march 17th i you know i haven't told a ton of people this but uh, March 19th, I went to the Vermont meeting, and uh, I knew exactly one person at that meeting. That was my wife. Uh, so I've come a long way, learned a ton, and, uh, you know, you might ask why, why I decided to do it, you know, run again. Well, things are worse. That's why I decided to run in the first place. I didn't like the direction the country was going in, and you look now, and we have the $34 trillion debt. You know, that's 34 with 12 zeros behind it. Uh, the border is an absolute mess. I think it's impacting the crime and the drug and the homeless problems that we have across the country and that we have right here in Burlington. And, uh, you know, well, actually, I just listened to Governor Scott, the, uh, his recent show, and talked about the demographics. Vermont's an old state. Well, that $34 trillion debt, that, that is impacting our ability to, to uh, fund Social Security. And as the state gets a little older, you know, that's that's a bad thing. People ought to be worried about that. And lastly, I, I looked at, at you know, what, you know what, what I brought to the table in, in running in, in 22, and I, there are a couple of things that I'm going to highlight some more. It's my business experience, my ability, because uh, I know I can bring jobs to Vermont. I know I can do that, and I don't see our congressional delegation doing that. Uh, that's one of, the, one of the many things that I, I plan on doing for Vermont. And we'll, we'll we'll get into all the current issues that are currently out there. You touched on a few of them, but I want to just go back. Um, I mean, the numbers I show show twenty seven percent less okay. some different number. But how do you? I want to hear you tell us in the listening audience. So, how do you think that you can move from that to to win the seat this time? What sure. I know you mentioned you're going to highlight your business experience more, right. but it's a big leap. I mean, so how do you how do you make that leap from there? to to winning sure 
Well, I think it'll probably run against Bernie Sanders. I think Bernie's lost his fight. You know, I know that's pretty frank, but I think he has 30 years in Congress, and it's been a lot of promises, and I think people realize those promises aren't coming true. And, uh, you know, people say, oh, don't pick on his age. Well, I'm not going to pick on his age, but, the you know, the fact is if you were to run again and be elected again, it'd be well into 89 at the end of the next term. Sorry, I don't think that's that's that doesn't give you the energy to represent Vermonters like they deserve to be represented and produce results. And this is really all about results. So you do now, think his age is an issue? Being 89 at the end of a term? I do, yes. And and you, uh, we, nobody knows yet, but you expect it to be Bernie, or at least you're starting right. out with the expectation that That's, it'll be yep. Bernie. If it isn't, it isn't. Right. But um, Bernie obviously has been, like him or not, we know there are people that love him and people that don't. Right. Have you had but, Bernie on your show? No. Uh, no, we have not. He's been one of the only ones that we have not had on. We'll be what? Totally Why is that? that? Oh, wait, I want to first ask <laughs> before we can talk about that if you want. But, yeah. but he has been, even though we're disappointed we haven't been able to get him on the show, and we'll continue to try, but he has been, all the numbers have shown, one of the most popular politicians yep. in, in Vermont. His right. numbers are always up there. And, of course, he's he's a nationally known person now. So the age is an issue, but how do you beat yeah. how do you beat hey. Uh, I tell you the, the reason. Think, as I mentioned, things have gotten worse, uh, and you know we have two wars now. And another experience that, that I bring to the table, and hey, one of the things I did, I looked across all of the U.S. Senate, and I've got boots in the ground experience in the Folder Gap during the Cold War in Europe. I've got boots in the ground experience in Asia, up into Second ID near the DMZ. I got boots in the ground experience in the Middle East. I have boots in the ground experience in the Persian Gulf. I, I actually, I, I'm positive I can bring and promote actual peace uh, because you know, some of the things our administration is doing now, like, continue, like continuing to fund Iran, is, uh, well, it's not promoting peace. So that's, that's one piece. But I think, things have, I think people see things are getting worse. I think me building uh, on, on the things that I, uh, you know, on, on my campaign from last time, you know, um, like I said, I went from zero to 82,000. I'm going to build on that. And I, I mentioned before we got started, I'm getting great support from, from the Republican Party right now. I've got all sorts of speaking engagements with the different county, um, uh, county uh, reps. Uh, I think the last thing is, you know, the, the, some of the things that I'm going to offer to bring to the table that I can actually produce results on. And that's, you know, well, one, one thing uh, you know, I made in my announcement, I, I pledged that I will visit all 14 counties. I'll visit them at least once a year. You'll have a Q&A. You, every Vermonter, will have the opportunity to meet your U.S. Senator, if, if that's me. And you'll come on this show? Oh, I'll definitely come on this show, yeah. <laughs> so you won't box out local media? Oh, no, 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 oh, okay. no, no. It's, uh, well, it's, there's a contrast. It's, it's called representation and service. It's not the other way around, you know. You know, it's for the people. So uh, I, I, people get to meet me. Uh, that's, you know, that's going to be a, a big difference. That's not happening right now. And I, I mentioned bringing jobs to Vermont. The congressional delegation isn't doing that. I don't think there's the business experience in our congressional delegations to do that. I have that experience. That's what I've been doing the last 16 years is growing jobs and growing business. So I know I can bring, uh, you know, technology and innovation jobs to Vermont, which Vermont needs. And the governor even highlighted that with the, you know, young people leaving uh, and, and the age, you know, getting, getting up there. So 
it's about the future of Vermont. And we can say, uh, you know, let's, well, Burlington. I think uh, local media published a paper or a story about Governor Shumlin, his state of the state address 10 years ago. Right. The whole thing was about the drug mm-hmm. drug crisis. It was the opioid crisis. 10 years ago. Yeah. It just keeps getting worse. I mean, I walk around Burlington. I've seen the needles. I've seen the homeless people. Let's do something about it. Let's let's actually get some results. Let's what, clean it up. What would you do? Fix the border problem. I think it, it, there's multiple parts to it. I think, well, I think China is pushing fentanyl up through uh, the southern border and and the northern border. I think we need to close the borders. Actually, uh, you know, if some immigration laws need to be changed, we can change them. But uh, stop the drugs coming into the United States. I think we need to move off the progressive prosecutor movement and actually start putting drug dealers in jail. Um, I think we need to re-empower our, our law enforcement so that uh, they can actually uh, you know, arrest people that are breaking the law. Um, and, and I think, well, you know, bigger picture, what I see, this, this massive overspending, you know, coming up on $6 trillion under the Biden administration. Before you go to that, I want to just, be, I don't want to leave the drug one yet. I mean, but, you'd go to that just a but well, because so, you're, uh, what do you think, though, about a safe, what they call a safe injection site? Uh, I, I totally get the ones you just mentioned, but we yeah. have legislators now who are pushing for funding for a safe injection site in Burlington and maybe elsewhere, and some officials in Burlington also are pushing for that. What do you think of that? I, I, I'm not in favor of those. I don't think that's a solution. I think that's, um, uh, well, I, I listen to Governor Scott. Like I said, I listen to Governor Scott, and I think he made a great point. You know, how's that person getting to and from that place? And is he, you know, going there once or twice, and he's, he's as high as a kite doing that? You know, and uh, that, I, I don't want that. So that's that's one piece. I don't think that's the answer. What I was going to say, um, I, I think – you know, greatly reducing the amount of government intervention and subsidy and meddling in business and, and you know, getting back to the open market that we, that we should uh, will, uh, you know, improve the economy. And um, and there's all sorts of you know, fallout from the overspending, like the like the mortgage rates, which have nearly tripled, you know. And, and, and like I mentioned, the, the, the debt at $34 trillion, that's gone up 50% since 2019. I mean, you can look that up. Then that's um, that's 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 endangering our entire economy. It's one hundred and twenty-five percent of gross domestic product. It's the highest it's ever been. Well, so and yeah. that's how you need to measure it: is how much how much are we putting out and how much do we owe? And we owe more than we make. Well, right, <laughs> and that's that's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about. They don't get it. Well, his his yeah. Okay, we have all this debt. What are we going to do about it? Because yeah. we. So there's two options. You you mass you greatly increase the GDP, mm-hmm. not going to happen, or you increase taxes. You got to come up with the money somewhere. That, yeah, you know, an exactly example right. is uh, you know the Vermont legislature talking about the eighteen and a half, twenty percent, whatever it is, hike. Um, that's negligent. It is. I mean, come on, uh, and that's just poor management of uh, poor fiscal management uh, over years, and now they're trying to make up for it, and it's the same thing, even. It was just, re- you know, so they're going through the budget process now, and it's, I'm probably going to mess up the act. It was either, the, I think it was the Fiscal Responsibility Act or something that they agreed to last year with Biden and, and, and mm-hmm. McCarthy. So even the name, <laughs> yeah, you know, because 
it's not responsible to increase the debt ceiling in the first place. But right. now they're talking, you know, you've got Republicans want to, you know, uphold that and you've got Democrats still to this day, even though 34, even though we've just passed 34 trillion, still want to overspend. Yeah. Well, so that's, that, uh, to answer your question, it's time for change. Okay, so hold that thought. We're going to take a quick two-minute break. We're talking to Gerald Malloy. He's running for Senate for Bernie's seat. Bernie hasn't announced whether he's running or not, but uh, Gerald's got a pretty good logical thought process on that. And if you want to have a join the conversation, trip Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony here, and we're continuing our discussion now with Gerald Malloy. He ran for the United States Senate against Peter Welch two years ago, and he's running against maybe Bernie Sanders maybe. if Bernie decides to run again. We don't know. He doesn't come on the show, but uh, we'll continue to try to get him on the show. Uh, but um, speaking of Bernie Sanders, I want to ask you what your thoughts are. Bernie Sanders um, has not, he did not join the call for a ceasefire in the Israel-Hamas uh, mm-hmm. conflict. But he has said now more recently that he's not supporting funding to Israel because he wants there to be conditions on any funding that goes to them. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, well, right off the bat, I, I said I think Israel uh, has the right to defend itself and ensure security, and I left it at that, and that's where I'm going to leave it. I have seen some of the things that Senator... Sanders uh, recently did not want to support the funding for Israel. Uh, that's his choice. I w- was surprised to see that from from him, um, but that's that's his that's his choice. But if you're a United States senator, it'll be more. It'll be require more than to say they have the right to defend themselves. It, it will be about do you support funding from the United States, which would be billions, right, to go to it's, Israel, it's our, one of our chief allies. Yep. Uh, what I would you, support that. You would support the funding yes. and, and would not require conditions on it as Bernie's calling for. Right. Okay. And, and well, uh, I just saw an article uh, in the Wall Street Journal. It was, uh, I think, the fifth, and I just read it. It was behind and reading the papers, and it, it's um, something to the effect that our government is funding the government in Gaza, Gaza and that they part of that funding goes to funding annuities for confirmed terrorists that were killed to pay their families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're paying that. Mm-hmm. The United States government. That, to me, that that has to stop. Yeah, and uh, when uh, actually when Senator Welch was with us, uh, the question I asked him was, if all the leaders of Hamas live in Qatar, or Qatar, however you say it, mm-hmm. why aren't we pressuring Qatar to say, hey, the leaders of Hamas are, are there? Mm-hmm. And, and he said, well, that's a good point. Like, like he hadn't thought about it, which I, 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 I don't quite understand. But um, I think, um, you know, just being thoughtful about where the money's going. One of the things you brought up and I, and I want to explore a little bit is, you, you know, boots in the ground experience. So let's let's talk a little bit about um, your military experience mm-hmm. uh, and what you did for the military. And you obviously were uh, around the globe. You mm-hmm. you were stationed all around the globe. Sure. Uh Fortunate enough to be accepted to West Point, and um, I was actually a proud member of the, played some Army baseball and some Army hockey, four years of Army hockey there, which, uh, you know, it's a funny story. Last year, I, I I met all sorts of folks and was telling, you know, talking to somebody about myself. He said, oh, no, hold on. 
you got to lead off with that. Yeah. It's like, you played Army hockey four <laughs> years with Jack Riley? I was like, so, so you meet also. <laughs> but yeah, anyways. playing hockey for West Point is pretty cool, Jerry. <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. on. <laughs> yeah, we, we were D1 independent, and um, uh, although I think we lost to Norwich my senior year. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, that's well, you, it was that sounds Norwich. like a painful memory. <laughs> well, it's a tough, t- uh, they played hard, so. Um, but yeah, so uh, first assignment, three years in Germany, Fulda Gap by 84 to 87, uh, part of a nuclear surety program there. Fulda Gap's where the Soviet Union Warsaw Pact was going to uh, invade uh, Western Europe. That didn't happen, obviously. Um, uh, and of course, the wall came down after that. Uh, I spent five years at Fort Bragg. Uh, great experience, con- America's Contingency Corps. Um, I trained uh, the Jordanian Army uh, in Jordan uh, in 2004, I think, a couple of times in Korea, once with the 2nd Infantry Division and once down at Osam with 7th Air Force Base. Um, And then the Persian Gulf uh, deployed early, um, defended Saudi Arabia, liberated Kuwait, played played a significant role and and, um, defeated the aggressor uh, Iraqi Army. My battalion that I was a charter member of, deployed early from Fort Bragg. We've fired 650 MLRS rockets. That's the system Ukraine wanted right away, MLRS. Uh, yeah. Fired 650 of those, 400 kilometers up and around. to, to kind In of the, the Persian Gulf. Yeah, to the big sweep uh, all the way into uh, just, just outside Basra. Uh, trained about 50,000 reserve component soldiers uh, for uh, Bosnia, Noble Eagle, right after 9-11, uh, OIF, OEF, uh, commissioned about a thousand lieutenants. Uh, I was the XO for the ROTC brigade in charge of New England. So I worked with Norwich and Vermont and got, and I did some emergency management. I actually worked at the joint field office right after 9-11. So you got an extensive, obviously extensive military when you talk career about, and record. And, uh, yeah. we do get it. we got a call. We, yeah. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes. Quick question. If uh, you were elected to the Senate, and if Nikki Haley was elected president, she has come up with the idea that people over 75 need to take competency tests, and basically uh, in favor of age limits for people that serve. Um, how would you vote on that if that came before a vote in the United States Senate? Uh, and I don't think she's called for age limits, but she has called for tests, cognitive, over 75, tests, cognitive yeah. tests, and for term limits. Yeah. So yeah, what do you term limits and and tests over seventy five? Term limits, Com- I'm in favor of, and uh, I have been supporting as you, I think you know, I supporting the convention of states uh, as their state director for yeah. veterans uh, outreach in the last year. That's one of their tenets. Uh, so I, I am in support of term limits, competency tests. I, I haven't thought of that. Um, seventy five and over. Seventy five and over. I think I'm going to say a basic I, cognitive. I'm going to say yes. All right. All right. He's on board with Nikki Haley's those two. Yep. So we got to go to Fox News uh, and we're going to take a quick break. And then I think, can you stay after? Oh, the break? sure. Yeah. All right. Love to. So um, we're going to go to Fox News, check in with uh, Amanda's got the local. Live with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Welcome back to the Morning Drive, everybody. We're headed into the home stretch now, and we've got Gerald Malloy with us. He's running for United States Senate in the fall, and it's the campaign's underway now. And if you have a question for Gerald, don't wait till the last minute of the show. Give us a call right away, 888-414-0303. Um, 
Gerald, I want to ask about um, someone actually texted me, and I had this on my list anyway. But uh, big presidential race this year. Uh, last year, in the last campaign, you actually had the bus come into town, uh, the Trump bus, more or less. Um, it was Veterans for uh, Freedom. Uh, it was PAC. But it was, a, it was a thing that was also supporting Donald John, Trump, right? John Frederick and uh, Voice of America was actually what it is. But you're right. It was a picture of Trump on the side of the bus. And, of course, Trump has not certainly not. He's popular in some areas of the country, in some states. Some states, not so much. And Vermont being one of those, not so much. Now, right now, he's the favorite to win the nomination. Some things could change, but... Do you support Donald Trump for president, or do you support someone else, or, or where are you on that? Well, I'm going to wait and see how things unfold. As we all know, there's an awful lot going on right now. Um, I Even him being taken off the ballots, I've uh, started to dig into that, and I think, well, what I think is going to happen, I think the Supreme Court is going to turn it over to Congress. The Supreme Court shouldn't be getting involved in, in uh, basically choosing politicians. I think there's a there's a little gap in, in the Constitution where uh, without what I would say due process, a person in Colorado or a person in Maine can decide uh, because the president has not been convicted of insurrection. Um, I think the impeachment was brought up and the, uh, the Senate acquitted him uh, you know, of, in relation to that. Uh, so uh, I think the... I think the Supreme Court is going to put it over to the uh, Congress and that they may make something that it has to be actually a conviction before you can do something like that. So uh, a lot of things are going to happen. I was telling you, I, did, I went out to the, uh, the Vermont GOP, invited me to Milwaukee. I went out and I saw, uh, I've met many of the other candidates. Uh, we do have very, we have high quality candidates. I was just telling uh uh, you know, I, talk, I talked to Jay Shepard last night, and I, I was most impressed with uh, Nikki Haley out in M- Milwaukee. But we're, I'm going to see what happens. And, um, yeah, well, uh, I told you the story. I, I went to the parade in, uh, in, um, in Montpelier, uh, Fourth of July parade. And, I get, you know, my Jeep set up, and I'm going to be in the parade, which is a great parade. And lo and behold, right in front of me was the RFK team. And so I walked up to the RFK team. I recognized one of the gentlemen there. A couple of other people came over and were talking. What was nice, two, two out of the three said they voted for me, which was one very nice thing. But we talked for a while, and we came to the conclusion, okay, you got your guy. I'm going to vote Republican. The one thing that cannot happen for the United States of America is President Biden become the president again for another four years. He's not uh, – well, he's, he's – He's led the country in a bad direction, and he, it's it's clear now that he's got some capacity issues where he should not be the president again. All right, let me ask you about an issue that is, uh, ever since the Supreme Court ruling, has been a big issue, uh, which is abortion. Mm. And we've seen some of the results from referendum votes around the country, mm. where uh, in Kansas, mm. in Ohio, states that have been Republican, Virginia, which has been sort of a purple state, I guess, with Glenn Youngkin there, he had a ballot item that would have uh, made it 15 weeks, kind of a middle-of-the-road type Mm -hmm. proposal. But all of those states voted heavily uh, against the pro-life position in those states. Um, It certainly will be and has been an issue in Vermont. And I know you, and I totally respect anybody's pro-life position, Mm -hmm. principal position, Mm -hmm. but... How do you? Where do you stand? Are you, do you still have the same position on abortion? And, and if so, I, I, I can tell how do you, you how do you think that's a winning position in Vermont? 
Uh, well, I can tell you my position, and I appreciate all that. Um, so, uh, you know, when I made my announcement uh, March 17th, I put it in writing. I thought, per the Constitution, Roe v. Wade should be overturned. Lo and behold, it was. Per the Tenth Amendment, to uh, push that, that issue or that power to the states, and that is what has happened. And it, you know, it's you know, controversial that maybe there's no right answer, but I do think, uh, I think per the Constitution, it is a state issue. I'm I'm 100% going to respect that so that, and I, I'll tell you, I struggled with this, but if I am fortunate enough to become a United States uh, senator, I will take, again, the exact same oath I took almost 40 years ago, support and defend the Constitution, bear true faith and allegiance to the same. So when the Supreme Court says it's a state issue, it's a state issue. I will not support sweeping reg- legislation uh, either way at, at the federal level because it's a, it's a state issue. Now, I, I will, uh, you know, I want to empower women to have uh, the choice. Uh, to, what I think it's the right choice is, is I do believe in the sanctity of life, a cultural life. So I, I want to try to grow that, but um, I will respect that it is a state issue. Okay, so no matter if, if you're the United States senator and a bill comes before you for a vote that is six weeks, 12 weeks, 15 weeks, no matter what it is, that would that would uh, state issue. I'm not supporting. You will that. not support anything on that. Correct. All right. Um, and and <laughs> tough issue, but uh, I I want to be a United States senator. I mean, the, the oath is to respect the Constitution. It's a state issue, and you know, the law in Vermont right now, up to the moment of birth. I mean, I can tell you, I met you know pro-choice folks that didn't even realize that, and I think most Americans, I think most Vermonters don't agree with that. I certainly don't. So maybe over time in Vermont, Vermonters will change that law. Although but Vermonters we'll... certainly voted overwhelmingly for that ballot item that, that enshrined it into the Constitution, right? They did. I think it was uh, 77-23, something like that. Um, but as, as your position points out, there um, it is the United States of America, and so you have no interest in nationalizing. No, I don't. Something and, that the stream, Supreme Court said, well, these are states' rights. And, so. You know, and I recognize some, you know, frankly, uh, I think when Senator McConville and, and Lindsey Graham uh, made notions in that respect it, during the 22 election cycle, that hurt the Republican Party. And... Kurt, you know, again, frankly, uh, as you noted, you know, several of the states, um, the, the people don't don't want that. And as a U.S. senator, I, I have my, you're right, I have my beliefs, um, and I'm going to stick by them. But I, I do want to be a, a United States senator under the Constitution. It is a state, it's a state issue. I think that's... Yeah, maybe yeah. there's no perfect solution, but that is, per our Constitution, that is the, the, the answer. Got to go with what you believe in. Yep, let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Hey, good morning, Mr. Malloy. Uh, I have a, my question uh, <clears throat> is about uh, Second Amendment. Now, Second Amendment, as you know, is one sentence long. It's the only amendment in the Constitution that specifically says it shall not be infringed. <clears throat> and all these Democrats that we keep sending to Washington and Montpelier, they are bent on essentially uh, um, infringing it out of existence. And in light of the recent last uh, 2022 Supreme Court ruling, which says they can no longer use uh, 
balance of interest that can only be weighed on text, uh, history, and tradition. Um, and as you can see in Illinois, um, people are, are fed up with this uh, nonsense. They just passed some kind of semi-automatic registration, and the deadline's come and gone, and they have 1% compliance. In other words, their, their credibility is shot. Um, I want to know what you're going to do to not only to protect the Second Amendment, but reverse all these illegal and tyrannical rulings that we get from the likes of Peter Welch and Becca Ballant and Sanders and all. I am a firm believer in the Second Amendment, and you're exactly right. It's the only amendment that says shall not be infringed. So I, I'm of that point of view, and I will look into uh, reversing unconstitutional uh, laws or, or acts, or, as you mentioned. Do you think, and I know we've got to go to a break in just a moment, but just real quick to follow up on that. Do you think any of the things that Vermont have passed and the Governor Scott has signed into law in the past few years are unconstitutional? For example, red flag laws? I'd have to take a closer look. I you know, I appreciate we, we have a Republican governor. Uh, I don't think I sided with the governor on that recent uh, uh, legislation that um, I think what that essentially does is kind of, Put a damper on gun shows. All right. Well, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, we're talking to uh, Gerald Malloy. He is running for Senate. Morning Drive with Kurt and Anthony on FM 96.3 and AM 620. WVMT. Good times on the morning drive here on this hump day Wednesday. Kurt and Anthony here, and we're headed toward the finish line. And uh, we're talking to Gerald Malloy this morning. He is running for the United States Senate in the fall. We think it might be against Bernie Sanders, but we don't know that for sure. Yeah, we'll find out whenever Bernie de- decides to let us know. Um, <clears throat> but if you got a, if you have a question for Gerald, give us a call sooner than later because we've got about nine minutes left, eight or nine minutes left. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline's open. Triple eight four one four zero three zero three. Now, Gerald, you mentioned <clears throat> spending, and of course, we know that's a big issue in Washington. Uh, we know the, def- the debt and the deficit continues to grow and mushroom. But you mentioned it, and I think, did, so would you have voted against the debt ceiling deal, the one that Kevin McCarthy got ousted after that? He, he made a deal with the Democrats. Would you have joined with the, what they called them, the Gates 8, that basically said because of the deal McCarthy cut, they were they were calling to vacate this. It's called calling to vacate the speaker's office, and they then booted Kevin McCarthy out. Would you have sided with them and others and gotten rid of McCarthy and and because of, because of the opposition to the debt ceiling deal? Tough question. I well, you know, just going back a little ways, and uh, I actually had a interview that day uh, with Linda Kirker, and you know, was, we were talking about that. Uh, and I had reservations at that point, and I would say, to answer your question, um, I, I overall, I don't think removing um, uh, Speaker McCarthy w- was was the best move. And I say that because I think we were in a position there, uh, the Republican Party, uh, to leverage uh, you know, some negotiations uh, right after that with the Senate. And... Um, we missed that opportunity, and I think the the uh, I call it turmoil. Uh, well, frankly, you know, 
demonstrated, uh, unfortunately, to the American people a little bit that uh, a little bit of a leadership issue uh, on the Republican Party, which I, I didn't like to see. We, we were in a position there to demonstrate some leadership, and we had some leverage to make, uh, for instance, some some border negotiations to tie in with a final budget at that point, and uh, the ousting of McCarthy. Kind of, we lost that opportunity. So you don't think it was a good move then? Uh, overall, no. And so now, coming back to current time, that mm-hmm. was a few months ago, now we're in the uh, the budget. And Speaker Johnson has mm-hmm. now negotiated a deal uh, with the House. It's got to go to the Senate if they get it passed. But it, just a quick line from the Wall Street Journal, and then get your thoughts. It says, the deal that Speaker Johnson has cut, House Freedom Caucus members are denouncing the deal as a sellout. Uh, what do you think about that? Would you side with the Freedom Caucus in this case? Because, again, they're saying too much spending, it's a sellout, we're not getting the job done. Do you think Speaker Johnson's done a good job, or do you support the Freedom Caucus? Well, I actually do think uh, Speaker Johnson has done a good job. However, uh, I would want to take a closer look, and and you're right, so I've seen the 1.59, I've seen the 1.66, there's a $69 million in there or something, there's another $4 billion. There's another $14 billion in there somewhere. So there's some things I would want to look at. Um, I, I will tell you, uh, I, I am leaning on, I, I am on the side of fiscal responsibility. We cannot keep kicking this debt can down the road to $34 trillion. We're in a, we're in a doom loop where it's just, it's just going to keep getting worse. And like I mentioned, it's, it's uh, endangering the economy and, and Social Security and entitlements. And, um, so... <laughs> You know, people talk about how, how bad it might be for a government shutdown. You know what? Let it shut down. Let, let's 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 uh, you'd, let's you'd, get this. You let it shut down? Yep, I would. I would. Okay. Because uh, we, we can't keep doing it. Well, it's the same thing with the crime and the drugs, and, and right in Burlington. It, like I said, ten years. Let, let's make some changes. Let's. Uh, so it seems like then you agree with the Freedom Caucus and maybe the Gates Eight. Because that was their position, was we right. can't spend this money anymore. Right. We can't cut deals like this. we got to let the government shut down. Uh, yes. I, I Actually, yes, because I do, I, I do firmly believe, and that's one of the things, you know, if I am elected, I talk about increasing access, but we have to have uh, fiscal responsibility and discipline. That we cannot keep running in this, in this ever-increasing debt mode. But do you think it's a good to, to let the government shut down when the Senate is Democratic, the president's a Democrat, and the Republicans have a thin majority of maybe three votes, I think, mm-hmm. now, is it better to take the best deal you can possibly get, get what you can, or hope that somehow you shut down the government? Doesn't that play into the, it's? It's always proven to play into the Democrats' hands, hasn't it? I, I don't know if it's proven to, uh, you know, I'd have to look back. I mean, I've actually been part of that in my military career i think once or twice that that's happened um been a while it wasn't the end of the world uh you know for me in the military that i remember but i think it's something has to has to give we we kind of have to stand firm on having some financial uh, fiscal you know responsibility and discipline and if we just keep ignoring it and adding to the debt uh we're we're not making any progress there so i but can you get there though when you don't have the, when you have a Democratic Senate, Democratic President, and a three vote majority in the House? Is it better to try to do that when you have the numbers to back it up? Not sure. 
Okay. I got to kind of kind of look at that. All right. But yeah. That's well, fair. yeah, That's I'll fair. tell you what's disappointing is we do, we, we seem to do this every year. Uh we have this debt, you know, we have this budget. Uh it's not a secret. It's going to happen, you know, and we seem to come to this point almost every year. Mm-hmm. That's uh I think uh disappointing of our Congress. I think um you know there there are very few changes uh what has what has successfully happened is they've broken it apart at least but yeah this is this has been the way the budget's been done you know oh we wait till the last minute it's too late can't do it make any changes hmm. the only option is to shut government down and and i think it i i, I don't disagree uh that something's got to be done hmm. uh and and until they kind of figure out a way to to actually have a budget uh, and talk about it before the last minute. Um, you're right. We're, st- we're stuck. You used the term doom cycle. Mm-hmm. And that, that resonated with me because mm-hmm. we, it does feel like we're stuck in a doom cycle mm-hmm. when it comes to finances for the United States government. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's go to the phones. We got uh, time for a quick call. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. You know, if this has already been discussed, I apologize. I'm coming into this late. But as much as I like sticking it to Russia, um, is there a point where we're just these billions going to Ukraine that are just unaccounted for? Is is there a line that we're crossing on that? That's, are we just sending them too much with no accounting as to what it's being used for? Uh, no, you're you're perfect. That was on the list and we, one we hadn't got to. So, Gerald, sure. limited time left, but Ukraine. Sure. Uh, I addressed this last uh, in the debate. I was not in favor of throwing money over the fence. It's not a, it's not accounted for. Um, I am in favor of military equipment support, uh, and I gave the whole story about being at Fort Bragg and being on an 18-hour recall. So it was very of an MLRS battalion. So it's very hard for me to watch us take three, four, five, six months to get that same system to you. When you know you can do it in 18 hours, 18 hours on the plane, you yeah. did it. Yeah, you, and you physically did it yourself. Almost, almost. 18. But yeah. yeah, okay. So the point being is, you don't support throwing money over the fence. Well, I don't, and so um, I, I support you know, supporting Ukraine, but throwing you know hundreds of billions over over the fence without uh, adequate accountability. I do not support of that, and I, I stated that even last campaign. And All that's right. even even if it meant that Russia ends up winning with you versus Ukraine. I want Ukraine to win. But even if they need our help and we don't give it, and they it makes them lose, I don't want Ukraine to lose. Okay, at all. Gerald Malloy, candidate for United States <laughs> Senate. Thanks for being on the morning drive hey, today. Thanks for having me on. I look forward to meeting Vermonters in the next ten months, and I hope to be your next United States senator. All right, all right. thanks for, uh, for thanks for joining us. Uh, and tomorrow, Kurt, uh, what's what's on? We've tap? got the Vermont State Police segment. We have got the pet vets, and we've got uh, Kelsey Conway from. Uh, Penguin Plunge. Okay. And Jeff Han, Burlington City Council. Perfect. We'll see you here tomorrow on News Talk WVMT Burlington. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. The head of Boeing addressing workers about the Alaska Airlines.